The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado from 6 to 7 a.m. on KUCW-TV, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, Nevada, and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street it's the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for over 90 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief, chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continue the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, 
please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. A well-known poem entitled Footprints tells the story of a man walking with the Lord along a beach. In the last sentence of this poem, it reads, it was then that I carried you. Like this poem, viewers, even in the lowest point of our lives, Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. He will simply carry us as we reach out to him. Our church choir, under the leadership of Assistant Choir Director Pohaku Carter, who will also be playing the organ, will sing for us this comforting song entitled, He Will Carry You. Also accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano.
As you walk and talk with Jesus daily, you will find many reasons to be thankful for. Your family, your friends, co-workers, even acquaintances. All of the things the Lord has done, is doing, and will continue to do in your life. Our church band members know what an awesome God Jesus is. Under my direction, they will play for us this solemn tune entitled, Litany and Alleluia.
This lively old-time favorite song titled Down by the Riverside will be sung this morning by our associate pastor, Timothy Hahn Sr. Tim continues to press onward and forward, preparing to meet Jesus in the air when the trumpet shall sound and he hears those three little yet significant words, Come up hither. Accompanying our solos will be Christy Hahn on the piano, associate pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and associate pastor trustee Evans Boat Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars. Sorted shield down by the riverside, down by the riverside, down by the riverside. Gonna lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I ain't gonna study one no more. I ain't gonna study one no more. I ain't gonna study. of peace down by the riverside down by the riverside down by the riverside gonna walk with the prince of peace down by the riverside down by the riverside ain't gonna study one no more ain't gonna study one no more i ain't gonna study Starry crown down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I ain't gonna study war no more. 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 I ain't gonna study.
Our walk with Jesus is an individual matter developed between you and Him alone. Only our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ can save you from a world of sin. In the quietest of places, He can hear our faintest cries, read our every thought, and listen to our earnest prayers. Jesus is just a prayer away, so call upon Him, viewers, and draw closer to His wounded side. Once again, our church choir will sing for us this encouraging song entitled, Carry the Light. Please sing along with the choir as the words appear on your screen. We are blessed this morning with the talents of Associate Pastor Trustee Evansville Sr. as he plays for us on the guitar in an anthem entitled, Through It All. In Matthew 7, 14, it reads, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few that there be find it. Trust in the Lord with faith, believing viewers, and you too can conquer any obstacles and find your answers in Him.
This next group of sisters in the Lord are known as the daughters of Judah. They will combine their God-given voices and sing unto the Lord in praise and thanksgiving with this inspirational and jovial song entitled The Hallelujah Side. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this song to Mrs. Doris Falatoy. Your love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will not go unrewarded. May He continue to shower you with blessings pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday, Doris. Hi and praise the Lord everyone. 
I'm an associate pastor Jose Zanuck. And I'd like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the Canal Yes for a vegan audience, especially when you plan to visit or reside in California. This telecast can be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPAC, channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY, channel 9 in Santa California and Newman, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW-TV, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, Nevada, and Wyoming. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Tamarna came off channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit the website at JesusComingSoon.org and our concerning the gospel services here at home state Hawaii. Our services are held at Temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer service held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki branch church located at 1361 Polo Avenue, gospel service held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighborhood branch churches as services are conducted by Pastor Resident Vikas and Senior in Kanakai Mokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alvaro in Hainamaui, by Pastor Walter Aitino in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard Kiwai Asana Senior in Kolo, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Sparrow in Baloko, Kipawain, and Pastor Vespin Farah in Pernazoskut, Guatemala, Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. Have you desired to volunteer to support these delegates and the Lord's work? You may do so by sending your donations to the address designated the conclusion of the telecast. And I would like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forward a Spirit-directed and Spirit-invited sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Jose. The greatest teacher I know is the Lord. Through the Holy Spirit, we learn and accept His teachings without exceptions. Do you recall the simple fisherman whom He pressed into His service? They heard the gospel, believed without reservations, repented of their sins, and were baptized in the name of Jesus. Then along with the Lord, they became fishers of men, whose primary goal was to bring souls to Jesus. Thus, viewers, the main purpose of my TV sermon this morning, it was more than a rebuilding a wall. It's to bring Jesus to you and cause you to realize how serious and necessary his salvation is for every participant out there in a viewing audience. Nehemiah is most, most remembered for his perseverance in rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. What is significant is that he demonstrated individual faith, acting upon the power of the Word of God. In the Bible, God spoke to Moses, Joshua, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and other prophets. However, in the book of Nehemiah, we are made aware of an equally important aspect of believing. The book of Nehemiah tells us how to exercise our faith by resorting to and relying on prayer. You will not find passages in the book of Nehemiah where it says God said or the Lord spoke to him, like into other books of the Bible. However, what you will see, television viewers, is patience 
the willingness to understand man's relationship with God and embracing that relationship in a manner that is applauded by God. This is a quality of faith that should be perfected in every believer, and especially in the latter days, where the Word of God is often ridiculed, disregarded, and discredited. The message to every believer in the last days is to have faith in Jesus' name, to plead for His blood, and to be confident in His Word. Today, God speaks to us through the power of the Holy Ghost through the spiritual gifts. However, viewers, when God does not speak to you in the manner that brings satisfaction to you, will you keep the faith? Will you remember that you have the Word of God that does not change and the name of Jesus that rises above all else? There is a song that you will find in many hymnals that is entitled, All I Need. Because of its simplicity in nature, it is often overlooked. However, those lyrics prepare us for the days that lie ahead when it becomes necessary to make these tough decisions regarding your faith, your salvation, and the kind of life Jesus wants you to live. Will you be able to say, Jesus is all I need? Nehemiah loved Jerusalem and what it represented to the Jews. He without question loved God's people unconditionally. And being an oracle of God, he would go so far as to deny himself in order to bring them back to God. On that accord, the Spirit of the Lord moved him to accomplish that task of restoring Jerusalem. He remained motivated regardless of the obstacles that lay ahead of him because the joy of the Lord was his strength. That joy transcended to the Jews to rise up and build and they develop a mind to support the cause. Nehemiah boldly faced strong opposition from Tobiah, the Ammonite, and Sambale, the Horonite. The opposition was designed to stop the restoration solely because it would not benefit the well-being of the children of Israel. Though threats were made against his life, Nehemiah pressed on, keeping himself covered with the blood of Jesus. For him, he found refuge and employed the significance of the Passover and kept it paramount in his life. Jealousy, envy, and covetous spirits conjured up lies and deceit against him in an effort to degrade and deface his loyalty and integrity to the ruling government. No matter how organized the conspiracy was, the truth vindicated him in the end. Therefore, regardless of the level of adversity, by putting his faith and trust in God, Nehemiah successfully galvanized the mind and hearts of the remnant of Jews. We must remember that the task was not only to rebuild Jerusalem, but it was also purpose to rebuild the faith and discipline of the Jews such that they could once again be the apple of God's eye. Similarly, Paul preached on the ministry of reconciliation. Let us read in 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20, And all things are of God who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespass unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. God's people were treasured in his eyes because stemming from a royal priesthood and a holy nation that gave God the praise, they were spiritually a chosen generation. Let us find out what moved the spirit and heart of Nehemiah. Let us read in Nehemiah 1, 2-4, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and a certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. 
Nehemiah likened to those prophets before him and those to follow was of the character that God employed to further his work upon the earth. Nehemiah certainly had the heart to do whatever God requested him to do without question. In life, he was a noble man, honest, credible, full of strict integrity, and a disciplinarian for the sake of godliness. He was a true patriot for his God, willing to leave a position of wealth, power, and influence in the court of the king of Persia in order to embrace his countrymen in the time of sorrow and to share and deliver them from their sorrows. We can also perceive through the scriptures that Nehemiah possessed great humility, kindness, extraordinary hospitality. But regardless of how great a man he may assist to be, he was most remarkable in his piety, walking with God in the singleness of heart, standing firmly on the promise and prophecies of God. In his spiritual life, he was intense and deliberate in prayer, exhibited profound faith, and without fail, always gave thanks to God. Nehemiah heard of the sorrow, affliction, and oppression of his brethren, and his spirit could not be at peace. Bearing that in mind, we must be mindful of the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ was of the same character, exhibited the same concern, but made a greater sacrifice for you and for me. Jesus left the royalty of heaven and came to earth only to be rejected and crucified. But Jesus rose from the dead at his own will and on his own power, Doing so, every person that is born again will have the forgiveness of sin and the promise of eternal life when he returns for his own. There is one fact that is certain, that Jesus Christ will return. Every passing day brings his glorious event nearer. I'm sure television verse that you can see how this civilization is crumbling because of corruption, sin, envy, covetousness, violence, and deceit, to name a few. The present lifestyles that men choose to live make their world of worship superficial. There is but one way to have sins forgiven and removed, and that is through the name of Jesus. In other words, Jesus did not remove the penalty of sin, but separates the sinner from his sin. David tells us in Psalm 103, 12, For as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Let us find out what Jesus says about salvation. Let us read in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus made it clear that the saving of the soul surpassed the healing of the body and even the longevity of life. Acquiring all of life's pleasures and conveniences does not help salvation either. Jesus drew the comparison by saying that it would be more profitable for thee that one of thy members of your body should perish rather than to have your entire body be cast into hell. The gospel of the kingdom of God ends with souls being redeemed from the earth and living in heaven forever. Lazarus, who was raised from the dead, and those who were resurrected from the dead when Jesus died on the cross have since died. They were restored to life to the glory of God. However, the promise of eternal life is yet to be fulfilled. They, along with many others, await that promise. When Jesus called Lazarus and others back from the grips of death, he did not snatch them out of the joy and the glory of heaven. These, as many today, are sleeping with the promise of being resurrected. Men such as Enoch and Elijah are examples of the redemption of the saints. When Jesus returns, the thief on the cross was promised a place in paradise. But the Roman soldiers broke his legs and body were removed from him from the cross and he buried them. Here we learn of repentance and the forgiveness of sins with promise. But where are they? Simply put, they too are asleep and resting in the promise and bosom of their forefather Abraham. 
they as well as are waiting to hear those words, come up hither. On that day, spirit, soul, and body will be reunited in heaven. Jesus said in John 3, 13 to 15, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, everlasting, have eternal life. Therefore, the name of Jesus is the key to salvation. God's word has credibility and blessed are those who have faith in him and in his name. Let us read in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You have heard the phrase, a marriage made in heaven. Indeed, there is a union which God blesses. This union is when a soul becomes a bride of Christ through the gospel of Jesus Christ. As believers, we anticipate the blessed hope of the church, referred to by Paul in Titus 2.13. The glorious appearing is the initial return of Jesus in clouds of glory. When Jesus returns, he will rapture his saints into heaven. Like into Enoch of the Old Testament, their testimony upon the earth will have pleased the Lord and thus be worthy of the reward. The bride of Christ will number 144,000, stemming from generations when the first sacrifice for sin was made with obedience. On that glorious day of the rapture, corruption will put on incorruption, referring to those who have died, and mortal will put on immortality, referring to the living. They will be redeemed from the earth and be translated and transformed in the twinkling of an eye. Nicodemus inquired about the gospel, using the darkness of night as a cover for fear of his peers. The answer to his question regarding how one can be saved is you must be born again. Nicodemus was very surprised and startled over the answers given to him. Regardless of the miracles and irrefutable report that preceded Jesus, there was still a great degree of doubt. Tradition and the lack of knowledge prevented Nicodemus from seeing the true intent of the law and scripture. How did Jesus respond to the doubts and fears of Nicodemus? How will Jesus respond to your doubts and fears, viewers? Jesus tactfully approached the disciplined spirit of the Pharisee, likened to how he instructed the disciples. He did so in the form of parables. He took an event in life that was common to all men, such as childbirth, to impress the point of spiritual rebirth. The need for the rebirth is because of sin. Mankind was born into sin. Therefore, a spiritual rebirth was necessary to have a sinless life in Jesus. Jesus' response to Nicodemus cut straight to the heart of the matter and made him aware of what must be done to obtain salvation. However, Nicodemus did not readily absorb the statement given by Jesus. The impossibility of one returning to the womb of one's mother was absurd. Being a scholar, the message of salvation could not be received because it conflicted with prevalent practice. The natural man is incapable of seeing and therefore is unable to enter into the kingdom of God. However gifted, moral, or finely person may be, the natural man is absolutely barred from God's presence because of sin. The point being made is this. It is impossible for mankind to remove inherent sin. Jesus' response to the traditionally based believers was this. Let us read in John 3, 9 to 10. Nicodemus answered said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Most of the Christian realm will not accept the name of Jesus in water baptism or his deity as being God in the flesh. Most of the world will not view themselves as sinners. However, in God's eye, from the poor to the very affluent, whether one is a Jew or a Gentile, theologically enlightened or not, 
Jesus tells us that all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. The Apostle Peter was empowered through the experience of Pentecost. His renewed boldness and confidence in the Lord was apparent. No longer having reservations about the faith, he confidently revealed the keys to the kingdom of God. Let us read in Acts 2, 36-38. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus, whom he hath crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And in Acts 2, 38, it reads, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance simply means godly sorrow for sin. Before anyone can be saved, one must acknowledge oneself as a sinner. Being truly sorry for one's sin starts the journey to eternal life. Doing so, one acknowledges the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. You will notice, television viewers, that the scripture says, repent and be baptized. Water baptism is essential to salvation and is a right to worship that is defined as an act of a good conscience toward God. Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan and thus set a pattern of good works for all of us to follow. Why is the name of Jesus so important? One of the most important facts made after Pentecost was that one must have faith in Jesus and have faith in his name. Being baptized in his name causes a person to pass from death unto life. Water baptism resembles the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. By passing through water baptism, a new lease on life is obtained thereafter. One's identified with Jesus by his name. Through the act of baptism, when the applied name of Jesus, one's past sins are for, removed forever. In the same scripture, the promise of the Holy Ghost is given. Who is the Holy Ghost? It is none other than Jesus in the Spirit. The 120 followers of Jesus tarried in an upper chamber in the city of Jerusalem with faith and a yearning spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost fell upon them and they spoke in an unknown tongue. It was not stammering lips as some erroneously interpret the scriptures, but a deliberate tongue sent down from heaven known only to God. What moved them to follow Jesus' instructions to Tyre was that they saw Jesus ascend into heaven. And while doing so, they heard and felt the power of God. Let us read in Acts 2, 4. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The evidence of having received the Holy Ghost was speaking in tongues, similar to what they may have heard at the Mount of Olives. It should not be misconstrued that the sudden ability to converse in another language is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. It is undeniable that these spoke in the manner that spiritually awakened Jerusalem. However, that could not have come about without first having the Spirit dwelling in them. Jesus does not manifest himself through our inherent spirit, but only through his Holy Spirit that dwells in us. The spiritual gifts are manifest through his Holy Spirit only. Other than that, it was not of the Lord. What happened on Pentecost was something remarkable and which every Pentecostal church should be praying for and exercising. Whereas Pentecostals should be praying fervently for another day of Pentecost and that it rise in greater measures than the first. Elijah asked for a double portion. We should be doing the same. There is a great need for his spirit to be present in his church. Through his spirit, there is an assurance that the perfect will of God will be done. The overview of the born again message is this. Water baptism performed in the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Ghost is evidenced by the speaking in tongues. There is no other way to receive complete salvation. 
Let us read in Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We are reminded, if you love me, keep my commandments. There is nothing superficial or deceptive about this born-again message. Water baptism in his name is not an option, but a mandate from the Lord. Thus, no clergy or pastor can list water baptism as one of many alternatives. They do not have the authority to change God's plan of salvation and most certainly need to be enlightened. Is the saving of the soul worth the effort? Yes. Today is the day of salvation. If you will, hear his voice. Being that the cause to rebuild Jerusalem was purposed by the Lord, Nehemiah was victorious in this endeavor. However, what was in the heart of God and of Nehemiah exceeded the obvious. Yes, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem would be a landmark accomplishment. Numerous years would have passed with Jerusalem under siege and the Jews oppressed. The reason for the affliction that was placed upon the Jews was because of their disobedience to the known will of God. Thus, restoring the walls in the city of Jerusalem was the beginning of a new era for the Jews. However, the restoration was not restricted to walls and buildings, but a deliberate effort on God's part to restore His people into His grace. Let us read in Nehemiah 6, 15-16. So the wall was finished in the 25th month day of the month of Elam, in 50 and two days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. The restoration of the Jerusalem's walls was remarkably completed in a matter of 52 days. The finished product gave God the praise and also sent a message to those that conspired against the effort that if God were for you, who can be against you? Peter demonstrated spiritual stamina when he preached the gospel to the Jews, like into Nehemiah, the cause was one of the Lord. Peter was vindicated of his faith when a Pharisee named Gamaliel spoke on behalf of God. Let us read in Acts 5, 34-39. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of law had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For behold, these days rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves who were slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and bought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him, he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. Lest happily be found even to fight against God. At a specific time, the city of Jerusalem and the temple would be restored to its glory, and Israel would be restored and reconciled too. The restoration would bring in revival in righteousness. For us, we should ask the Lord to send a Holy Ghost revival that we may reclaim the joy of being saved and be faithful servants to Him. Now, if you'd like to know more about God's Word and the church and review these telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. As we bring our program to a close, our church band will play for you an uplifting number entitled, Baptize into the Body.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.